we are live and welcome to the good, the bad, and the podcast. The show where we take a given movie genre and we explore those good titles, those bad titles, and those ugly titles that make you want to jump into a volcano. Hey everyone, I am Mark. Hey, I'm Kelly. And I'm Charles. And I have no idea. I have no idea who's (laughs) introing Mike here. (laughs) This is our special guest. uh, And uh, I think the last time he was on... Who is that guy? The last time he was on, he did... Tarantino movies? Was that your last topic you picked? Uh, that is that is fair. I I guess that was before we did the Star Wars thing before the Force Awakens came out. Yeah, but I don't remember when that was in the timeline. I think that may have been the last time I was officially right. on the podcast. Tarantino, it's been too you, long. Glorious Bastards was your ugly pick. I still I can't get over that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I still agree with you. It's fine. <laughs> you still wake up. Yeah, I still do cold sweats. I, right yes, I do, I do. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and, okay, and so we were talking earlier, we need to clarify tonight's topic, Tom Hanks comedies, not all of Tom Hanks movies, because, right. I mean, either way, Dr. Mike is wrong on this, I just want to throw that out there, but this is, I, honestly, I was, I was saying that I have no idea which movie is which on this list. I don't know, Mark and Kelly, if you feel the same way, but... I feel like I know. Yeah, I feel like I know. We shall see. Mark, do you? Do you so do I'm you pretty confident guesses? too. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. Okay, maybe it's just me. Maybe, maybe I'm way you off. Here. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Mark. Which one do you think is his good, bad, ugly? Same for you, Kelly, and I'll say one. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, Joe versus the volcano is ugly. Bonfire of the vanities is bad, and uh, that thing you do is good. I agree. I. Well, it's hard because I don't really like any of these movies, um, but I, <laughs> I I would say I guess I'll agree with that. I, I might flip Bonfire and Joe, but I'm going to put Joe as ugly. Um, but anyway, it's a interesting period. Out of, out of all the Tom Hanks comedies, like Big or Splash or... Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> all right, but I was also going to... The first thing I was going to say was it is Harry Potter's birthday today. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Everybody knows. Um, he, no, he would be what? he would be thirty nine today, um, and it's also you know it's the J.K. Rowling. It's her birthday as well. She gave Harry Potter her birthday. Um, so I was just gonna. We did a recent episode where we talked about the last Harry Potter. So I thought it'd be cool if we just showed the trailer for the original Harry Potter. So here we go. Did you ever make anything happen? Anything you couldn't explain? You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? Dear Mr. Potter, we are pleased to inform you that you have been accepted at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. In a few moments, you will pass through these doors and join your classmates. Keep an eye on the staircases. They like to change. Good afternoon, class. Welcome to your first flying lesson. Stick your right hand over the broom and say up. Up. Wow. (laughs) Mr. Longbottom, Mr. Longbottom, Mr. Longbottom, exactly where do you think you're going? Do you really have the scar? Wicked. Mr. Potter, our new celebrity. First years should note that the dark forest is strictly forbidden, that no magic is to be used between the classes and the corridors. Petrificus Totalis. The third floor corridor is out of bounds to everyone who does not wish to suffer a most painful death. understand this, Harry, because it's very important. Not all wizards are good. I'm going to bed before either of you come up with another clever idea to get us killed. Or worse, expelled. She needs to sort out her priorities. I think it is clear that we can expect great things from you.
right. So, um, was there anything you wanted? To, uh, any Shall reason you picked this, Mike? Did you? Uh, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, Charles and I were talking about. Uh, Charles was inviting me back uh, on the podcast, and we were kind of trying to decide what uh, what theme. And I, I think it was back in June, and we originally talked about. Uh, I said, "Well, maybe we'll do Pixar movies," and he reminded me that they've already done Pixar movies, and I'd totally forgotten. Uh, because uh, Toy Story 4 was coming out. And I think Charles said, well, what do you think about doing Tom Hanks uh, movies? And uh, I, I decided to sort of narrow it down and just do Tom Hanks comedies because he's done so many great movies, and, and a lot of his dramas are really, really outstanding. And I, I feel like it's almost a disservice to him to try to pick uh, you know, Saving Private Ryan over Philadelphia or Forrest Gump or Apollo 13. And some of these movies I've seen... Yeah you know, dozens of times. And um, so I sort of settled on, on the comedies. And uh, like I said, there are a lot of really great ones to choose from there, Splash and Big and some that I had never seen. I went back and watched, um, you know, some that I really love, like You've Got Mail, some yes. that, are, that are really popular, like Sleepless in Seattle that I'm not a big fan of. And I actually was kind of, I know, I know, it's an unpopular opinion. Uh, it puts me to sleep every time, whether I'm in wow. Seattle or elsewhere. <laughs> but but it's interesting because one of these movies, Joe vs. Volcano, is sort of the forgotten Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movie. Yeah. So uh, so we can kind of cover that too. But uh, the and and I watched some movies, I, I, some movies I had never seen. I had never seen The Burbs, which <laughs> I didn't like. I had never seen Turner and Hooch, which oh, yeah. I surprisingly did. I typically don't like dog movies but that was pretty good i love that movie um, as a kid we you know do. the money pit is one of my one of my favorite kind of zany comedies and mm-hmm. and he's really funny in that with shelly long so there were a lot of good movies to choose from and a lot of uh sort of not so great movies especially early on in his uh mm-hmm. filmmaking career when we um, um really pretty i, I realized it's kind of a happy coincidence it actually his birthday is in july it's july 9th i think so like we can say, oh yeah, it's perfect. Tom Hanks movies for his birthday, because he, he's one of the Happy actors. Birthday, that, Tom. He's one of the <laughs> actors that we've actually talked about. Uh, Kelly and I have talked about maybe doing like a spotlight on him, kind of like we do the Clint Eastwood. So um, it's kind of cool yeah. that we're, you know, we're doing this one now. Um, but okay, well, and, and it's really interesting. It's really interesting because he, you know, he started out as as a comedian and did a lot of uh, you know comedy. Um, and most of his early films were straight comedies. And lately he's done more and more serious drama and, mm-hmm. and of course gotten, you know, best actor for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump two years in a row and, and um, just had a tremendous career. Really a big pivot from his comedy background to uh, his, his dramatic career. And I thought it'd be fun to kind of look at his, his comedies, which, as I said, are a little more hit and miss than uh, his dramas. Okay. Yeah. I'd agree with that. So uh, the first movie going chronologically... There's the Bonfire of the Vanities. Okay. Uh, you guys are correct. Actually, I think that's Bonfire of the Vanities and Joe vs. the Volcano were both released the same year. Mm-hmm. And Joe vs. the Volcano may have come out earlier that year. That was 1990. So uh, we can start with that one. Okay. Uh, you want me to give the synopsis and then play the trailer? Yeah, do the synopsis and I'll have it ready for you. Okay. So uh, when Hypochondriac Joe, played by Tom Hanks, learns that he is dying of a mysterious disease. He offers to travel to a tropical island whose natives need a human sacrifice to appease their volcano god. On his way there, Joe falls in love with Patricia, played by Meg Ryan. The two bravely face their destiny. All right, and here's the trailer. Once upon a time, in the middle of a deep, dark factory, An average Joe, Joe Banks, lived a very boring life. Good morning, Dee Dee. Hi, Joe. What's with the shoe? Losing my soul. Yeah. Until one day, he found out his life was over. I'm not sick except for this terminal disease. That's right. You have some time left, Mr. Banks. Live it well. And that's... Joe Banks? When his adventure began. You and I might be able to help each other. I want to hire you to jump into a volcano. 
situation. It's wine, women, and song in the sweetest little paradise you ever saw. A real journey. Are you Joe Banks? Yeah. But this is the one movie, by the way, that like I I have no idea which one this. This is the one that confuses me the most because. <laughs> Really? This could be your good, bad, or ugly. Like, I seriously don't know. No. <laughs> In the story of a man, a mountain, and a miracle. Take me to the volcano! He's diving! He's jumping! He's lazy! Written and directed by John Patrick Shanley, the Academy Award-winning writer of Moonstruck. I love you. I love you, too. I've never been in love with anybody before, either. It's great. I am glad. But the timing stinks. I gotta go. Joe versus the Volcano. So, uh, you guys all correctly guessed that this is my ugly pick. Yes. Um, you know, this is, this is a movie that is uh, it's quirky. And and the characters are really kind of strange, uh, all very cartoonish. Um, you know, he his, he goes through this transformation from this depressed office drone to somebody who embraces life and is supposed to be, you know, sort of having this this blossoming of his personality in his life. But I always feel like when I watch this movie, that transformation is is very sudden. It just he sort of turns on a dime. It's not really motivated by anything. Uh, there's nothing that teaches him to enjoy life. There's no, uh, no uh, motivation for him to start struggling against adversity and sort of just giving into it. Um, you know, there's that scene early on where he, he sort of snaps and tells his boss off and quits his job, but I, it never really feels real to me. Uh, nothing in this movie is very realistic. It's all very yeah. cartoonish and weird. And the cartoonishness is fun, but it always feels very on the nose, very, very contrived in a way. Um, yeah. you know, Meg Ryan, Meg Ryan is hilarious. She's got these three very different roles. She plays three completely unrelated, uh, unconnected women, uh, except two of, this, two of the women are half-sisters or stepsisters, mm -hmm. or I can't remember. But um, I don't know why they had her play these three women, because it makes you think that, oh, there's some connection between them, and, and they never really explain <laughs> what that is. Is there are these yeah. three... Are these, is this some sort of metaphysical symbolism that these are all three different aspects of the same woman? Uh, are these three different aspects of Joe's psyche? I, I feel like there's a meaning there, and I can't figure out what it is. And so that's what makes this movie, you know, it's, it's really interesting at times, and it's just really awkward at times. And, and I don't know, it, I, I always like it, and when it's over, I'm like, Okay, that was a strange 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What do you guys I, think of this one? I always I took I always took them I I for some reason it cracks me up that Meg Ryan plays all three of those characters and I could not stop laughing about her voice and her characterization of the middle one. I think. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, red-haired one. Like I cannot understand why she why, why she did that like that, but it just I, I'm a flubberty jabat. Yes, yes. In the yeah. poem, that she, she I think reads, she was like, going for like a smoky, smoldering voice, and it didn't. It didn't. It she did didn't pull not. it off. But but it was like it seemed. Um, it seemed like maybe the thing was destiny. You know, it was all her. Like he was seeing her again and again in various reincarnated forms, and they were meant to be together. Is how I, I read like, it. But, and I like the joke that he's like, I think I feel like I've seen you before, but not right. This movie, I mean, I, I it's ugly to me, I, I think, because it is a little kooky and strange, but it has a certain charm about it, and I sort of like the style. It's it's almost you said cartoonish, and I definitely agree with that. It, but there's times when it felt almost Tim Burtony, you uh, know, like it was so exactly stylized. The, that's exactly the idea I got too, or like Spike Jones, like being John Malkovich, kind of a really yeah. surreal, really? odd yeah. stuff. Going on. Really? Yeah. Not, to that level, like I don't think it, I don't think it works Holy on that cow. level. But I, I could see what they were going for, right? Like, yeah. The very, the very, uh, like dystopian, futuristic beginning dystopian? to it. And, 
Well, okay, maybe yeah. the ending where they're all working in the factory and everything. You see that it does. Complete. I uh, yeah. I, I I completely. That, to me, this is the perfect like quintessential ugly movie, right? Because yeah. it's enjoyable for the quirks of it and the stylized. I like a lot of the colors they used of the with the sets. If you look at some of the, like the when he goes into the apartment, all the windows are a different color and the the skyline is a different color when he's first with Meg. So. Uh, I I enjoyed this movie as an ugly movie. Yeah, I agree with the pick. Yeah. What do you think, Charles? You, you can't. <laughs> I love this movie. Like it's my favorite movie. <laughs> God. No, I do. no, I don't. I really don't. Um, I uh, I, well, so like I said, I I had decent memories of it. I didn't think it was you know, and and everybody talks about it like they like it a lot. So then I rewatched it for this, and I just I never got into the style and the the and it is. Like you say, it is a very specific thing. So there's reasons for it. Obviously, like they're not they're not doing these choices just willy nilly. Like, but but even the acting choices are bizarre. Like like you say, the Meg Ryan and her bizarre accents. But Tom Hanks even was like so crazy and over the top. And Lloyd Bridges. Um, and then you have uh, Nathan Lane and um, I'm forgetting the older guy that was also part of the the native tribe. Um, Abe Who Vigoda. was Nathan Lane? Abe was Vigoda. Nathan Lane the the, the Abe, chief? No, Abe Vigoda and Nathan, Abe Vigoda was, and then Nathan Lane was also one of the top chiefs in it, but not the hmm. main one. I didn't and, notice that. And so it's just a I bizarre. Didn't recognize him. It's a bizarre. I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure, but yeah, it's a bizarre thing, and um, and I don't even know how well that plays in today's culture. That's kind of bizarre, weird, but um, well, the whole. I, I think the I, I think the first the whole, half is better. Like they just. I'll agree, Mark. I wasn't thinking of it as dystopian, but it is. I was thinking more like uh, Great Depression era. Like, I thought they were trying to evoke kind of that style. But you're right. That is like a dystopian thing, especially when he goes in. The lights are flickering and all that. I I like that part of the movie. And I like and I, I like the setup. And I like when he goes against new you know stuff. But then I, I feel like the second half goes into more of a whimsical, really silly thing. Especially when he's yeah. fishing and he pulls up the hammerhead shark. Like, I just... <laughs> I, yeah. So, like, for me, the first half, I could, you know, I was like, okay, this is way different than I remember, but it's pretty cool. And the second half, just weird. Um, but I was also saying um, that my wife, she grew up watching this movie and re- had really fond memories of it and, like, really thinks it's hilarious. And um, and that actually reminded me of how you and me met, Mark, how we, you know, with the the luggage uh, store, you were, you were trying to sell me yeah. a really expensive <laughs> set of luggage that I didn't need, but... Um, I don't even remember why you were but working at the time, but I guess uh, it, this is a weird period in your life, I guess. But um, you needed that luggage. I mean, it changed your life, man. Well, yeah, but that it that, saved your life. It saved yeah, you. Yeah, well, I'm glad we kept in touch. I, did, I had no idea you liked movies. We'd be talking about it one day. Yeah. But anyway, it did. It did save my life. You are right. That's another story. Another time. Tell for another time. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the people have a weird nostalgia about this movie, or if I don't know. But I. I the way you described it, I, I I agree with you that it's a good ugly for this. But having all heard all the love for it, I was like, man, maybe this is a movie he loved thirty years ago, and now it's like, you know, it's now he's like this is top Tom, Tom Hanks comedy. I, like, <laughs> I can see it that way. Well, it's interesting because I do have I always think of this as a you know I think of it fondly, and I, I'm like, oh yeah, Joe versus Wendy. That's a, that's a really cr- strange movie. And you go back and watch it, like, yeah, I'm not sure it's a strange good, though. It's just sort of <laughs> strange, strange. Right, right, right. Like, yeah. Once every 10 years is probably enough. And, yeah. And then I'm good for another decade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's so many, some of the things that I like the most about it don't feel like they belong in the same movie. You know, like, I like the stylized thing, like we were talking about. But I also really like some of the scenes that are more evocative of, a Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movie. Like there's some, they just have such good chemistry together. And they, that scene where, um, on the, on the, the boat where she first is like, I'm sorry, I was so rude to you. And kind of t- describing her situation and asking about his, like that was, that was really a pretty moving scene, but it didn't feel like it belonged in this movie, but I yeah. loved it. And I'm glad it was in there. Cause I feel like it made me like it more, but I don't know. I, I'm not. I I couldn't reconcile the two, like the sincere and the stylized, and the goofy and the serious. I, that's, and that's kind of where I'm at too with it. But I I do I do wonder if again, was all this ex- intentional and meant to be that way, or is it more 
kind of a matter of tone because I did read that they had to change the ending on it. Um, so we kind of hmm. got the, the happy ending um, where I guess all the natives died. I don't know. And the ending, I was, gonna say, was, it, was the original ending that he jumps in the volcano and dies? Cause that no, would be a- I think they still survived. <laughs> I think they, I was reading about that they survived, but that they, um, cause the had severe third degree burns. What's, what's the name, what's, <laughs> yeah. the, what's the name of her ship? Oh, the Tweedledee. So there's apparently uh, a Twiddledum, and and then so in the original ending, the the father yeah, yeah, shows yeah. up on the Twiddledum, and like they, you know, that's where they, they discover, you know, he's the one behind all of it and set him up and all that. So, uh, but they but they said originally it was more like that, and they like they they leave the father at sea and sail off on the other ship that wasn't destroyed. Oh wow. That makes sense. And apparently it was too bleak leaving the father at sea, so they made it more... <laughs> I don't know. Whimsical. Yeah. Well, and the, well, the, the ending to me is so unsatisfying. It's just, oh, we're off the island. Oh, there's the luggage. Yeah. Okay, we're going to sail off into the sunset, and there's no resolution. And again, it fits perfectly with the weirdness of the movie that they've done mm-hmm. so far, would, but it just leaves me Would the original ending have worked better for you else. then? Would that have been better if you'd have seen... Because uh, they, they at least have... You know, because that's the reason they named the ship the way they did. But again, the, to me, yeah. the, the killing off all the natives, like, that seems kind of interesting either way. Yeah. yeah. To, to be honest, I, I'm, I'm with you. I like the first half better, and then, you know, once they get to the island, I'm pretty much ready for it to be done. I'm right. like, how much longer is this turkey going to go exactly on? Was. Yeah. It just, it seems to get goofier and goofier as it goes on, too. So. Uh-huh. Whereas, uh-huh. whereas I actually really like the scene where he tells off his boss. Like, I actually, I, I don't know, it reminded me of, like, uh, of other, like, dr- dramatic movies where a worker just snaps, like, falling down or something like that. So, yeah. Anyway, cool. You guys All right. I was gonna say, oh, go well, I was gonna, one, one last thing. The director, the only thing he's directed since is the movie Doubt 2008 that won a bunch of awards. Oh, that's right? a really like, good movie. Meryl Streep. Yeah, I know. He's written a bunch of stuff. He wrote Congo and he wrote, uh, <laughs> his, what's his name? John Patrick Shanley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Congo. So, he, anyway, just kind of interesting that he hasn't directed That would have been a really good. Maybe that, that gives me an idea for Michael Crichton movies, so we'll see. Yeah. So I'm gonna do it. Go for it. But you should you gotta put Congo on the list. I already got my next picks. Well I do too, and I gotta make up uh yeah, anyway. I've got that one that I skipped over to do the, the other one, so I've got a bunch. <laughs> we should steal Kelly's picks again and, and do Michael Crichton. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Kelly. Well actually we do have Oh, well, we'll get to that wicked David discussion because I don't even know if we're switching things around. All right. Do you guys want to move on to the... Oh, crap. I can't hear you. Well, do you guys want to move on to the next one while I'm fixing this issue? Hold on. Hold that thought one second. Should we move on or should you Talk fix the issue? Talk amongst yourself. Talk amongst yourself. Since we're off the clock here, since we're off the clock here, I thought it was really interesting in uh, Joe vs. the Volcano. You said something about how it feels very uh, like the like the depression or something. And, and there are some things where you're, the fact that at the beginning he's wearing the, like the fedora and, and there's just some costume design things and you're like, what era is this? Yeah. Like, where is it people wear a suit to go to that kind of factory? Right. There, there's stuff that's sort of timeless. And I think that that is part of what I was sort of perceiving as a cartoonish thing. It's like, this is sort of set in its own time and it doesn't really exist anywhere else. I'm back. It makes it... Uh, more surreal. That's okay. true. All right, so we're, which one's the next one? Our, the Bonfire right, of the Vanities? The next movie is Bonfire of the Vanities, also released in 1990. Um, so the synopsis here, Tom Hanks stars as Sherman McCoy, a wealthy Wall Street investor whose life takes a dark turn when his mistress, Melanie Griffith, hits a black youth with his car. When tabloid journalist Peter Fallow, Bruce Willis, gets wind of the situation, he turns it into front-page news, inciting a racial incident in this game of dog-eat-dog. Alright, and here's the trailer. Okay. Okay. Here we go. My name is Peter Fallow. The man of the moment. A toast of the town. (laughs) But it wasn't always this way. Let me tell you how it all began. In the 80s, making money and living well was all that mattered. And no one did it better than Sherman McCoy. Now he was a master of the universe. Calm, sorry, collated. Let's not lose our composure over a few hundred million dollars. No one could resist him. 
Not his mistress. This could be the best sex I've had in a long time. Not even his dog. It's raining and he's not happy about it, Mr. McCoy. Here am I, Bill. I, on the other hand, was a reporter in need of a story. This is Peter Fallow, the has-been. Oh, Shanté. In need of a spark, which is exactly what I got. It's a body. It looks like... It's an animal. No, 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 I, I think it's... It dead? It's, it, it's a tire. The That's dead all. tire? I turned that spark into a flame. Hello, Peter. I think there's a hell of a story. We're investigating an automobile accident. Yeah, on television. Last night, uh, we, my wife, we said, well, we have a... Good Lord, we have a Mercedes in this. Mr. McCoy, is there something you want to tell us? And the flame spread. Did you say Henry Lamb was an honor student? Good doesn't really apply at Rupert High. They're either cooperative or life-threatening. Nothing is going to come of that little newspaper article. Hey, Adam! There he is, Miss McCoy! Absolutely nothing. I'm going to jail. And suddenly, I was the guy who had everything. Hey, an opportunity knocks. Someone's got to answer the door. I want to see the truth come out and burn every one of them, and there's only one way to do that. Who wants that? Lie. So, uh, once again, everyone was correct. This is my yeah. ugly pick. Um, I just felt, I had, this is one of those movies I had never Wait, you're seen. you're bad or you're ugly? Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it is ugly, but this is my bad pick. Oh, sorry. okay. This is, this is my bad pick. Uh, because this movie, I felt, was just incredibly boring. Uh, none yeah. of these characters were sympathetic or interesting to me. Um, Tom Hanks' character is sort of the, the central character um, he's sort of an anti-hero. He's, he's a sleazy, greedy New York City stockbroker type. He's cheating on his wife. Uh, he has this opportunity when he and his girlfriend run over this, this kid. and They didn't kill him, but they sort of make him critically ill because they hit him with their car. Um, and, and instead of doing the right thing, he starts acting out of self-interest and self-preservation. So there's really nothing to like about Tom Hanks. He's sort of fun to be the victim here because at some point he wants to do the right thing but he never really chooses to do so unless he can throw Melanie Griffith under the bus. Bruce Willis character you know he sort of comes off as this opportunist who's exploiting the black community to further his own career. Uh, The opening the the long opening shot with him is really interesting but he's he's this he's this self-centered self-indulgent celebrity drunk and 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 he's not anybody you want to really pull for melanie griffith is conniving and unscrupulous and just generally unpleasant (laughs) there's nothing to root for i I don't find myself rooting for any of these characters i don't find myself invested in any of these characters I, i get that it's supposed to be satire i get that it's supposed to be sort of a dark comedy but to me none of it was funny at all the movie wasn't entertaining. It was not enjoyable. There was just nothing to ever, ever make me want to watch this again. Um, so I, it just, it just, I hate. I, I couldn't. I had to finish it for the sake of this podcast. But if I didn't have this podcast, I would have turned it off after about thirty minutes and never thought twice about it. Mm-hmm. What about? Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I agree. You, you called it boring. I wouldn't quite call it boring because a lot happens to this guy that you're you're wondering how it's going to turn out. But everything else you said, I would agree with. And you mentioned he's a sleazy, you know, Wall Street guy. But then they try to make him more uh, relatable by giving him these morals, and he really wants to tell the police at first, and and the girl convinces him not to. But I'm like, wait, I thought he was supposed to be the sleazy Wall Street guy. Why, you know? Why are you suddenly right. switching for him being in the hero? And at the end, Bruce Willis calls him the hero of the story. And I'm like, really? He's the hero? I don't know. It's He's the real the McCoy. Mor- I yeah, I couldn't understand the moral <laughs> of the movie. Like, I couldn't understand what I was supposed to take away from this movie. Because yeah. everybody, the black community comes off as opportunistic. Bruce Willis comes off yeah. as opportunistic. Tom Hanks comes off as, you know, blundering and an idiot. And the, the Griffith is, you know, the same. So it's just a weird... It's just a weird movie. It makes me want to read the book because obviously it was popular and well, I want to know yeah, and I the writer I, pulled. I didn't know, um, you know, this is one of the ones I was sure it'd be an ugly or a bad. I was, that's another reason I was confused because I was like, okay, which one is it going to be? Because they're, 
there are aspects I liked about it. Um, like you mentioned that long shot. I thought that was really cool. Brian De Palma does those kind of shots um, a lot. Um, even in that movie, uh, Sisters, that we watched, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. And uh, But I, to me, it's kind of an interesting, you say satire, and just a look at race in general. And it seemed to be, the message I took was that everybody is exploiting this racial issue for their own purposes. Everybody. It seemed mm-hmm. to basically point fingers in every direction. Um, and so that was kind of interesting, especially, you know, they, and they were like more blatant in the way they would say things than in real life, obviously. So I thought that was interesting. But again, it is really slow. It's really boring. And and the characters never come across as real. It's another one of those where the acting is very bizarre, but I feel like that was intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Um, but uh, I, I there, so like I said, there were parts of it that I really enjoyed, and I, I liked I liked Morgan Freeman's character. I didn't really like his speech yeah. at the end; it felt a little too, I don't know, it was just kind of bizarre. didactic. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, uh, but um, Tom Hanks was actually my least the my least favorite part of the movie, which is odd to say. <laughs> so, yeah. and Kim Cattrall, I just didn't like her character at all. Mm-mm. Well, Tom Tom Hanks gets a lot of flack for this not being castwell in this role, but I. I thought Bruce Willis was worse, worsely cast. Was a worse was a, I, I just didn't like him. This is kind of in that period, yeah. like after Moonlighting, where he was still he was diehard and Moonlighting still, and so it's kind of like he was in that period where he was kind of yeah. doing these goofier comedies. So. Oh, and uh, by the way, Kelly, you'll especially like this. Uh, Clifton James was in this movie, who mm-hmm. you'll also know as Sheriff Pepper from the James Bonds franchise. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh my! He was, one of the, he was one of the buddies with the the black preacher. Who, if you go back and look at it, oh, that's. <laughs> I hate him so much. I was like, I was so looking through IMDb, and I noted, you know, of course, his picture of of on IMDb is Sergeant Pepper from the. Of Bond course. Movie. Well, and that reminds anyway. me. Actually, I I should have said this at the beginning. We we are kind of behind on posting our episodes, so we haven't posted the latest Bond episode or the latest Goodbye yeah. Podcast ep- episode or the special edition where we reviewed Endgame or the <laughs> or the special edition where we reviewed Captain Marvel. So we're we're way behind. We're on fire, guys. I, and I only really, really I got I got the LGBT stuff. one up because I wanted it to be posted in June, so I got it like on the last day of June. But it was really like, rewarding the Facebook Live listeners. It was, it was like happy yeah. happy Pride yeah, Month on the last remaining day. Yeah, so, but <laughs> yes, we're way behind. But there's so been counts. a lot of stuff happening, so I, it's. But yeah. yeah, but anyway, so yes, we are way behind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I would just like to say I I didn't like this movie for all the reasons you've listed and more. Um, Melanie Griffith, I just wanted to punch her in the face. She, as so often is the case, she did a true disservice to Southern people with her accent. I mean, I guess it wasn't all her fault. It was the way the character was written. Although I did chuckle a little bit. Okay, okay. Somebody help me out here. What is the, there's a term for when, like her little misspeakings that she does. Like when she says spasmodically instead of sporadically, but, but. Oh, oh, malapropism. Yes. Malapropisms. Okay. Those did. I I did laugh a little bit at those. I must say that was probably the only thing in the movie that made me laugh. Something that occurred to me is if you wanted to make Tom Hanks a hero, you could easily do it by taking out the affair and having the wife be with him in the car. And then, you know, because you could have a sleazy, you could have a sleazy Wall Street guy still be the hero of a story. Just, you know, making a lot of money doesn't make you evil necessarily. But the fact that he had an affair kind of just kills it for us. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Although I will say that the one scene I really, really enjoyed was the scene where we're introduced to Tom Hanks, where he's going off to into the rain to 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 call his mistress. and He accidentally Mm -hmm. calls his wife. She she instantly (laughs) recognizes his voice and, and. and and just is is livid with him and uh, you know that was I don't know that that one scene I think was well written and well done but then it was kind of downhill from there. Well, and it, but it also yeah. makes him out to be the sleazebag, so it's like hard to recover from that. Right. Uh, and actually, I was gonna, right. I did have a question. Speaking of the the hit and run incident, so like I couldn't. I, I'm sure they left it ambiguous, but did they did they really show the other guy like what happened? Did they? I mean, I couldn't really tell what happened or how much he was hurt or. 
or even I, I and were they actually going to rob them? Like, did it? Did it? Yeah, it was very ambiguous. I, I I got the impression that you were supposed to think that they were going to be mugged, uh, but but it wasn't super clear. And, well, and I don't know if that was intentional or what. And I kept thinking, okay, well, since they didn't really show it, I kept thinking someone's going to be proven wrong. Either they're going to show that they didn't really hit him, or they're going to show that they weren't really trying to mug him, and it was all mm-hmm. misunderstanding based on race. Um, I, yeah. But they never really did that, so... But it was pretty clear that he was trying to get in the window and yelling at her to roll the window down and chasing after the car that they wanted to mug them. I mean, what else would they have been doing well, at that point? They, well, but they, he also, yeah. you know, I don't know. The, the, the friend had also been hit at that point, right? I don't know. No. The, the, the biggest giveaway to me was when he was kind of like reaching into his coat for something. And yeah. and it's yeah. like, well, okay, he could have been. I thought they were going to do a reveal at the end. He was reaching for something else. Or, I don't know. but Yeah. But they didn't really go like back to it. a Bible or a. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> or, or some Tic Tacs, or a, a cigarette, or something. Yeah, seriously, like it could have yeah. been anything, but they didn't show it. So, anyway, all right, but yeah, I'm I'm ready to move on. If you guys are, sure. For our last movie, which is going to be your good. All pick. right, our, our final movie, my good pick, that thing you do from 1996. So the synopsis. <laughs> don't shake your head, Charles. So the synopsis. <laughs> In 1964, teenage garage band The Wonders become an overnight sensation when their debut song jumps to the top of the charts. But internal tensions threaten to make the groups fall just as rapid as their rise. All right, here we go. Guy Patterson didn't have a perfect job Ah. or a perfect social life. What's going on down there? Cooking the books as usual, Dad. But what he did have... Was perfect timing. How about sitting in for Chad just for tonight? One. Just broke his arm. And in one night. That's too fast, guy. Slow down. Guy, slow down. Guy Patterson is going to take the wonders. From garage. I almost slugged some girl. She had her eye on my Jimmy. To greatness. Here's somebody I want you to meet. Mr. White is with Playtone Records. That thing you do, you know, is snappy. We'd like to release it. We'd be on tour? Well, Mama, son who loves you just left us in the lurch. Darlene, you just got promoted. You mean you're going to start paying me? I didn't say that. America's own wonders! Put that down. That is a very expensive floor display. Bow, and we're off the stage before the applause dies out. It's very important you don't stink today. Hey, I make no guarantees. You guys look great in red. Have I told you that yet? Come on, pretty baby. You got the number seven record in the country. He's got a very pretty girlfriend, doesn't he? Is it serious, you know? Very serious. I'm single. What about the bass player? You fellas look great in gold. Have I told you that? What about Guy there? He's amazing. Amazing. 20th Century Fox presents... This is Mr. White. Are you sleeping? Just calling to tell you to get your patootie down to the television studio. You're going to be on TV tonight. Oh, A story about the time in every life. When the hopes you hold on to... Very special, isn't she? And the dreams you dream... None of this would have happened if you hadn't joined the band. ...become that thing you do. and directed by Tom Hanks. Look fabulous in the black suits. Have I told you that? Hi. Fabulous in the black suits. All right. So obviously, as we said, this is my good pick. And uh, I really do love this movie. Um, more so than some of Tom Hanks' uh, other great comedies like like Big and, and You've Got Mail and, and Splash and The Money Pit. Um, this is one that I have come back to and watched over and over again. Uh, for a lot of reasons. The music, I think, is really, really good. really pays tribute to a lot of different styles of early 60s pop music. Um, they wrote all those songs specifically for this movie. Um, and, and one of the things I love is, is Tom Hanks, um, he wrote this, he directed it. Uh, he's not the lead. Uh, he plays one of the supporting characters. But one of the things he wanted to do as a director was make sure that all of the music uh, imagery in the in the film was accurate. So they all had to learn to play their instruments so that when you see them playing a certain chord on screen, it matches the chord that the 
that the band is actually playing. And I think that kind of really sells it. There's so many movies that you see people pretending to play instruments and it's, it obviously looks fake and, and none of this looks fake. Um, you know, I think the characters are simple. They're, they're charming. The story is sort of simple and straightforward, but very enjoyable. It uh, really draws you into these characters and, and carries you along through the enthusiasm of watching them, you know, become pop stars over the course of uh, a summer, basically. Um, you know, I love the fact that uh, the the main character, uh, the drummer of this band, whose name is Guy Patterson, is played by Tom Everett Scott, and this was his first real role uh, in film. And I always figured that Tom Hanks hired him because he looks a lot like a young Tom Hanks. He does. And his mannerisms, the way he was he was directed, the way he acts in this movie reminds me of a young Tom Hanks. And you can almost imagine Tom Hanks writing this, writing this part himself as a 20-year-old man realizing, well, I can't play this part, but I'm going to go out and hire somebody who can be like me. At the same time, the guitar player in the band, whose name is Lenny, uh, played by Steve Zahn, uh, they have, uh, the, those two characters have really good chemistry together, and Steve Zahn's character really kind of reminds me of a young Peter Scolari, uh, who was Tom Hanks's partner in, in Bosom Buddies. Buddies. Which is his, oh, Yeah. <laughs> which is a, a show that I remember when I was a kid that I really loved. Um, and Steve, uh, Peter Scolari has a, has a cameo in this movie um, yeah. too. And so I, you know, I, I feel like it was always, I always felt like it was, you know, Tom Hanks sort of saying, this is the movie I would love to make for myself as I was a young actor coming along. And so he kind of, uh, you know, picked these people and it just, it's just charming. It's fun. It's funny. Um, it's really one of my favorite uh, comedies of all, and that's why I was really sort of surprised when when I when I gave Charles the list of these movies, my picks, and he said, "Boy, I can't tell which one's ugly because I don't like any of these movies." <laughs> now you know what it feels like to be me, Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Step into my life. Okay, hold on, hold on. So I okay, it's not that I hate this movie, and I figured if out of all, it was probably going to be your good. But then again, <laughs> I didn't know how you felt about Joe versus the volcano. But I I like this movie. I just it's it's pretty predictable and simple, and that, you know, but that actually kind of works in its favor because it doesn't necessarily go down the road like of the drugs and the sex and all that that usually these these movies go into, like in a depressing musician biopic kind of thing. It keeps it pretty straightforward and simple. I like that Tom Hanks doesn't play the manager like a total sleazeball. He actually. Mm-hmm. He especially seems to care about the drummer and all that. It, it seems pretty cool, like when he lets yeah. him riff at the end and play. Um, and I, but I, I just think the first. This is kind of like the same thing with Joe vs. Volcano. I think the first half is way better when they're first, you know, gaining popularity when their songs first played on the radio and the excitement and all that. I, th- I love that part. It's just it kind of goes more into the cliche territory when they start going on the touring. And I think it falls apart. And then I don't like the guy breaking the fourth wall at the very end. Like, why? Why does the like the the very last thing when the when yeah, the, uh, the the sky cap kind of winks at the camera? Yes, I just it's like why? <laughs> and I I also don't maybe I'm wrong on this. I don't I don't love the chemistry between Liv Tyler and uh, the main guy. Like I I don't really feel like they developed that much at all. It's just kind of like oh I'm gonna run out and kiss you. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that, Charles. So is there I'll anybody agree, else I'll who just that too. doesn't love Liv Tyler that much? Yeah, I, I can't stand Liv Tyler in just about everything she's ever been in. So okay, that's, that's me. <laughs> wow. Wait, why? <laughs> we need to probe this more in depth, I feel like. I love Liv Tyler. Uh, no. I actually, yeah, okay. All right. sometime, sometime around the time I was rewatching this for this podcast, I watched, um, is it Empire Records? And my brother just... Yeah just adores that movie and went on and on and on. And I was like, I, I really can't stand this movie either. And it's probably because it's the Liv Tyler show, but yeah, I don't know. Something about her just rubs me the wrong way. And I, just I can, can't. I can see the attraction. Like I can see why people like her, but I just don't. It just the airiness <laughs> of her voice. She's just like, I don't know. I just feel like she's about to blow away in the wind. Every time she talks. <laughs> this I, is amazing to me. <laughs> I, I, wow. Okay. I don't know. It's it's like a it's like to level eleven of her like wispiness of I don't know her I, vulnerability. I can see that she's very right. tremulous. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, that's a good word. Yeah. That's a good word. 
<laughs> Kelly, what is your opinion of this movie? Uh, I really like this movie. I don't think I would have picked it as my good. Of, I mean, I I will always love Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail more. Um, but I do really like I, I like it. I think um, Charles, you were saying it's like simple and straightforward, but I think I think there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, some movies just need to be lighthearted. It doesn't mean they're devoid of meaning right. or no, substance. No, 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 no. I, I, and I'm, I'm I, not saying you were saying yeah, that. Yeah, no, and I actually just, think that works in its favor to an extent. I just, um, to me, that also, it does hold it back from being like, because I think Big had a lot more depth to it. And I think Splash is funnier. So I don't know. That's fair. I, but this this just has so much heart to it, I feel like. Um, and I do, I mean, I agree with all the things you were saying, Mike. I love the music. And um, I, I do think there's a very Tom Hanksiness about Guy and... I really like Liv Tyler. I don't know what you guys are talking about. but um, I was going to say, though, just in general, Tom Hanks really impresses me with what he's been able to do in Hollywood. Because he's not, you know, he's not your Brad Pitt, super smoldering attractive. He's like the everyman that we all love. Mm-hmm. And he was able to make that transition that Dr. Mike mentioned earlier from from being the humor actor to the to the more drama. And he also does... He also has a book of short stories that came out a, a couple years ago called Common Type. That's actually really good. I would suggest people check it out if you really like tom hanks because he's also really good at writing short stories which is kind of frustrating for people who are <laughs> not good at <laughs> not not excelling in one area he's like over here juggling all this stuff but. Well, well and um yeah i was gonna say he's, he's kind of super talented and everything yeah. he touches he really he really is he mm-hmm. is yeah he, he's but i would also say he's like one of the last like quote unquote great movie stars like he he reminds me a lot of like a jimmy stewart type um where he doesn't, yeah, you know, he he, yeah. he he can do a wide variety of things. Everybody generally seems to like him. Um, it, and, you know, he doesn't also seem to get into, like, politics, really. Like, I don't even know his personal politics. He just, he kind of come from that old school of acting like that. So, that, I think that's yeah. interesting. I, I really, actually, I can't think of almost any other actor like that today. Mm-hmm. So I, Yeah, I can't either. I remember years ago at uh, at Christmas time, there was a newspaper article sort of sort of saying, you know, if they were to make It's a Wonderful Life today, who would they cast as all these different characters? And and the one that they picked to play uh, uh, George Bailey was Tom Hanks, and they talked about how you know that everyman quality, that Jimmy Stewart quality, and you could see that he could just be amazing. He was uh, yeah. he was really good as Walt Disney too. If you saw, I forget the title of the movie. Uh, Saving Mr. Saving Banks. Mr. Banks. Yeah, yeah, Saving Mr. Banks was really good. Yeah, he was. He was. He's, yeah, and and um, so I guess this opens a door for we could do dramatic movies for Tom Hanks because I I was all prepared to defend like some of his other movies today. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that would be so hard. Well, though. it would be, and that's that's also part of the reaction when I said I didn't know which one was your good one because I didn't realize we were you know focusing on the comedy. Um, but I was trying to think, like, like his best performance—not just the, not necessarily best movie, best performance—I would probably say Castaway. Yeah, because of the physical transformation and the and the fact mm-hmm. that he had to carry it with like small amounts of dialogue. Yeah, and he and he had to carry the whole movie. He didn't have anything to play off of, right. except a yeah. a volleyball. Because it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. it's almost like a raging bull type transformation and that kind of yeah. thing. So, um, favorite movie of his overall uh, that's hard like i love so many of them and and also i I was gonna ask do you count like a league of their own or forrest gump as comedies i sort of slotted those as as dramas okay um they're they're definitely funny and they're definitely not dramas the way uh saving private ryan or philadelphia uh, or you know uh, road to perdition those really darker dramas are yeah but uh you know i i think a league of their own is is Oh, he is, was uh, Road to Perdition, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, I yeah. love that movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, just you, you, yeah. if you if you did Tom Hanks dramas, you'd almost be hard pressed to find any that you considered bad or ugly because yeah. they're all really solid. It is funny to think how many of his movies have have been those movies that I've seen dozens of times between Forrest Gump and Apollo thirteen, A League of Their Own, and uh, Toy Story movies, and and. You've got mail and uh, the money pit. I mean, just so oh. many movies that, that I've seen over and over and over again. Catch me if you can. And, and quotable cool. moments. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Yeah. So that may be a fun one to visit in the future, actually. So, um, yeah. just to, yeah, because I, yeah. 
because like I said, my initial standpoint when I was looking at it was like, out of all the Tom Hanks movies, it's like it's gonna be these. <laughs> so, but 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 having said he switched to comedies, like I I don't disagree with your picks on him. I think these are good picks. Yeah. So. Yeah. Same. Just, well, thank you, and thank yeah. thank you guys for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And we got um and. Uh, we'll, up, up, upcoming stuff you're going to be part of we'll, we should go ahead and announce it we're going to be doing our 31 days of horror um, oh. in October um, I don't know which ver- which number we're up to how many years we've been doing it but um, we're doing six it, or seven yeah so we're, we did a theme last year we did all the Halloween movies and they just announced that there's going to be two more it's going to be a trilogy um, mm-hmm. so that'll be interesting um yes but so uh but but this year i decided let's do vampire movies and um we there's tons of vampire movies and it's been for me it's been difficult making the list and narrowing it down and we're actually going to break our rule this year where we're going to have movies on there that aren't considered horror um you know to give you a hint twilight um that's gonna be on the list Um, it's horrifying to me charles yeah and so uh it's horror is it is it horrorable does that count yeah (laughs) well so uh, we anyway we will all of us will be uh doing reviews for that um including Mm -hmm. mike and uh and micah but i there's so many that are left over that um I may do more next year too. We'll we'll see, but we'll see how that goes. But just be prepared for that. We'll try to put the list out in September, and um, you guys can follow along with us. Um, and uh, I believe next this next uh, for August it's going to be Kelly's pick. Now I do want to say that I have um, I have no no I'm not I'm not cutting you off. Hold on, he's going to take it away. I'm, from not, you, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, getting I'm, nervous here. I'm not going to take it away. I'm not going to take it away. I will I will say though that um, for the next one after that. Um, my pick, I don't know if I'll have to talk with you guys after the fact, I don't know if my pick should go for September or October. So we'll have to figure out who's doing it after, after Kelly. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you kind of what I'm thinking. Um, but having said that it is your time next time, Kelly. So okay. what, what's your pick? Okay. So Ashley, before you do, <laughs> <that's pretty bad. laughs> yeah, but um, no, every time it's happened though, right? There's been like, I've been having a baby. So come on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, fine, Charles. I guess that's acceptable. Um, okay, so don't hurt me. I don't have the picks quite yet. I want to finalize a couple, but I'll tell you the topic. <laughs> what the heck? Really? <laughs> I, After I, that? Kelly. I, I know. I, I just couldn't I couldn't pick, and I need, like, one more day. So, all right. Um, but the, the topic is going to be neo-noir. Oh. So we're going to be talking, talking about some... Um, some pretty good ones. I'm I'm excited for this. I think it's gonna be gonna be really I awesome. Even, I can't even think of would the uh, the graphic novel movies would those count? If uh, like they Sin are City? of a certain style, I would count. Sin, Sin City, City would be noir. It's about like, uh, like Memento. Mm-hmm. That's a neo noir. Okay. I would say so. Can you give LA a, Confidential? Can, yeah. Can you give the definition of a neo noir? Uh, well, I'll pull it up for you. I mean, I can tell you how. Well, that was, I, I didn't would... mean that to be like a challenge. I was just wondering, like, because I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, what the cutoff would be. Like, is it is it based on a certain year that, like, after this is no longer? I think after the late 50s, like 56, 59, that's typically considered the end of real noir. Um, let me see. Okay. Wikipedia cites neo-noir as a revival of the genre of film noir. Um, and then it talks about what noir, like uh, applied to crime movies of the 40s and 50s, mostly produced in the United States, which adopted a 1920s, 30s Art Deco visual environment. So, I mean, I, if, if if a movie kind of harkens back to that time, I think of, of them as having, they, they're most often in color, not really black and white, but they have that same aesthetic. You know, it's about yes. the, the slatted blinds and the grittiness and it's exposing the seedy underbelly of the We're city. Like Dick Tracy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean that that type of vibe. Like, brick. The... have you seen Brick? No, but I read a lot about that one in my in my search. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So, yeah. On a slight side note, is anybody concerned about how long when we're going to run out of like we call our age modern or we call it neo noir? Like, doesn't that seem kind of self centered that like we think right now is the newest version? I don't know. Well, that's kind of like, like what are you going to. It's like modern what are you going to call noir after neo noir? 
that's like modern art, right? Doesn't that start? I mean, it's yeah. Then we and now we're in postmodern. How can you be postmodern? I didn't even realize we were right. postmodern. I don't know. <laughs> I know that's that's modern, a good current. question. Like, how I can you we're be still in modern? <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, I I don't know. I mean, I that's an interesting question. I don't have a good answer. Well, it for seems that. like film is moving faster at switching their titles than other art forms. Yeah. Because so. that was all. Yeah. That's all contained within the 20th century. You would probably have film noir and classic noir and, and neo-noir. So. Mm-hmm. And that, that neo-noir, like that, I mean, if that's the cutoff, the late 50s are the cutoff and everything after that is considered neo-noir, like a movie from the 60s and a movie made in 2019 could both yeah. be considered neo-noir, but obviously those might look very, very different still. So I haven't quite figured whether I should narrow the the gap and make it post-2000 or... From the sixty to two thousand, or something like that, just to make a more more of an apples to apples comparison. I don't know, um, but yeah, I'll get those picks to you guys hopefully by the end of the week. Cool. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! I think we're live on Facebook, but are we? <laughs> we, we may no longer be recording on Charles' <laughs> computer. Charles, Charles is gone. He needs again. a new laptop or something. What a <laughs> craziness! Jordan agrees with me. She's commenting on the Oh, nice. Feed. I was going to ask y'all. Well, I guess if we're live on Facebook, I won't. I was going to ask where you guys watch these movies. I if watch a lot of them, them on Prime. Them. Okay. Are they on Prime? Online? I actually. These specific ones? Well, no, just in general, the like just statistically the movies we've picked in the past. Almost everything, in my experience, is on Prime. Um, really? There, are... I I rented a lot of. I rented all three of these. Well, I, I mean, I rent. Yeah, I mean, I I don't exclude renting from Prime. Like oh, usually, okay. they're like. Oh, oh, sometimes oh, okay. it's included, but then sometimes it's like two ninety nine, which. Or is I go. Good. Um, uh, the movie trading company is really great. Cause you can rent any of their movies. For really. Uh, for streaming. Well, no, just, no, just... no, no. Just go to the store and pick up a disc. Like there's tons oh, okay. of them all over. All over the place, so I just usually go and pick up. That's where that's where I run like Fifty Shades of Grey and all that. Cool. I think I well, I don't even know. I, I had a whole bunch of weird movies, like the Fifty Shades of Grey movies and all these other ones. And I probably yeah. weird. <laughs> you so, went in with a trench coat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these are for a friend. <laughs> just holding them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have a bottle of old Harper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fun weekend, fun weekend. Um, all right. Uh, cool. Well, I think that's pretty much the end of this. You guys got anything else you want to say about Tom Hanks? It's a really elegant ending we've we've done. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Do your you can check us out. <laughs> have you already done the outro? Did I miss it? If we, no. Okay, if we make... If we, if we ever make teachers, they just use it. You can check us out. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, but on that note, you can actually check us out at it's just awesome.com and on Twitter and uh, iTunes podcast at it. No, at good, bad podcast. All one word. Oh, I almost did it perfectly again. Amazing. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Good, bad podcast. All one word. Twitter, iTunes. Yes. Tom Hanks. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> what is your shirt say, Charles? The good. Uh, I just see the good. It's the good, the bad, and the Severus. Nice. So, yeah. Oh, and then I have the little like. have the little fancy Travis cup here. <laughs> yeah. Bonk. Very cute. Yeah, I, love the, I love these cups, actually. The metal. Vacuum sealed. Yes, so it keeps it cool and warm. Yep. I have a metal cup with nothing on it. It's plain. <laughs> Boo. Boo. I have yeah. just this glass. Well, I just... It's Harry Potter's birthday. What are you going to do? So I have a textured gray smoke <laughs> water. Ice water. <laughs> well, we're all are all of us drinking water? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? All right, okay. Well, <laughs> we're healthy. Well, once again... And thank you guys for having me on. It was a lot of fun as always. Yeah, and we'll, like yes. said, we'll, be, we'll be doing the 30 we'll be doing Days of Horror soon with you. So 
Because you haven't seen, you said you haven't seen the Hammer Dracula movie, so that'll be cool. I have not. I have not seen any of the movies that I picked to do, so I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> There's some doozies on there. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, have a good one then. Yeah. yeah. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>